Time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is Articles of News, and uh, he hasn't been on t- telling us about living scriptures in a good long time, uh, but uh, but maybe we'll get into that a little bit as we talk about uh, news about in and around the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, all the way normally from Texas, but today it's Arkansas. It's uh, Russ. How are you, sir? I'm good. It's uh, It's a holiday weekend. So uh, we're taking a little trip and uh, taking the party on the road. So you and your seven kids, you packed in the van. Five kids, sorry. Once you get past three, it just seems like a dozen to me. Well, if they move fast enough, it's hard to tell. What what does someone from Texas go to Arkansas for? We actually have family in Arkansas. My uh, wife's brother has moved to Arkansas. He's a Little Rock firefighter, and we are visiting him and his family they just had a new baby and so we came out to uh you know for the simba ceremony now for this <laughs> i wish that we did that we don't completely do that but like i wish with like the little signifier across the forehead <laughs> like we already hold the babies up after they're blessed so that everyone can see like why not commit all the way to it Is, so it's the baby blessing that's what you're in town for um, I, I said that and realized afterwards and it wasn't, no, the baby's still newer than that, but I, I just said that like as coming to pay homage to the new child oh. rather than the actual <laughs> blessing, but that's probably more appropriate to imagine the Simba thing. But yeah, that idea. Uh, but, but you told me, they, they didn't bless the baby. Didn't yeah. You? you told me though, before we started recording though, that you're staying in an Airbnb, isn't the part of going to visit with family with five kids that you just bring the whole loudness to the people you're going to visit? Yeah. Um, my mother-in-law has been staying there in their house. There's not room. Mm. And there, I mean, like we could have made it work, but there's a point in your life where comfort is more important than mm. proximity. And, you know, the, uh, in the day and age of Airbnb, it's, uh, it's too easy to not <laughs> be uncomfortable. How, how, uh, I, although I will say this, because we travel more than a lot of people. I, my wife and I both like to road trip a lot, and we go places. We like to see things, and we like to go and do things. Um, once you get to a certain number of kids, it becomes really tricky to find hotels. Because, like, because what? They charge more for the kid, or because it, there's just not um, enough room because it's normally like two queens? It becomes hard because, uh, well, lots of them have like room occupancy limits, and, mm-hmm. and so if you're if you're a hundred percent truthful and like booking it. They're like, Oh, we don't have anything that'll hold you. And even the, even with, which would probably be the case once our kids are teenagers, when you have, you know, a 15, 13 and, you know, they're big kids, but you know, my, my kids are little and they fit in small spaces, <laughs> but uh, it, it, you know, they they say there's not room, but there is, but you know, it just gets tricky. And then like, do you get two rooms and then how does that work with fitting them all in? And, there's a couple of websites I found that like are supposed to help families travel, but it's kind of a mess. But we usually end up getting like a suite in a room that has you know the two beds in one room, and then a, a living room area that has a couch that pulls out, which that's three beds. Yeah, that's plenty for seven people. Sure, right? sure. Yeah, that's which which is great. Um, but uh, that at a hotel is is nice. But when you look at staying at the family's house, and it's it's uh, one twin bed or one full bed for the seven of us. It doesn't. And my kids sleep on the floor, so it's not really a big deal. But I, I, I don't sleep in a full bed. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Uh, how, how is Arkansas this time of year? Nice? Um, it's still a little steamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was warm. We went and spent some time at a lake this weekend. And it was nice. Uh, it was hot. I mean, I, it's not unreasonably hot i mean i come from texas so it's where it is unreasonably hot is there a is there a little rock temple no 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 the first uh arkansas temple announced a couple of conferences ago in bentonville okay which is the walmart side of the state the little rock is different little rocks the the east side their temple district is maybe mesa no it's memphis yeah it's not mesa (laughs) m's yeah all the m temples right so yeah, the uh, Memphis Temple is there, which I don't remember if it's been reopened yet. I know it was under construction. Hmm. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Let me ask you this: uh, I know that when you're able to travel, you can take living scriptures on the roads for your kids. Have they been enjoying anything from the living scriptures? I'm trying to remember what the 
My favorite thing about living scriptures, really, other than when I'm talking about for my kids, the thing that's my favorite is I like that they have cartoons from the past. And I'm I'm trying to think of the, the latest, like, oh, it was, we, we, you watched it during, we watched the living scripture videos a lot for our family scripture study. Mm-hmm. And, and this wasn't one that we did on the trip, but we were, we watched one and then the boys was like, I want to watch that. And my wife was like, okay, sure. That's, that's a scripture story. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's not the scriptures. It was a, an, an animated adventure of monster trucks. <laughs> and I'm like, no, the, the, like I, cause at this point, I'm like, bedtime's nightmare anyways. Uh-huh. So I wanted the kids to go to bed and she put on this 15 minute monster truck cartoon. And it was about the adventures of these these tree these kids were having a little field day or something in their monster truck race and one of them didn't want to do it or he got made fun of and so he didn't want to go and so he faked sick Uh-oh. so he, he overheated oh you know made himself overheat so he would wouldn't have to go to school for this test and then realized that not being honest was a bad way to go mm-hmm. even for a monster truck mm-hmm. so that was. Um, I fought against it for the first two minutes, but then I got roped in, man, because <laughs> monster trucks and elementary schools shenanigans that you can't beat that. Uh, if people want, they can actually get uh, a, a free trial of Living Scriptures. There's a link that we'll have in the show notes. Check it out. Uh, also, one of the things that I know that you've reflected before is that you can just let your kids pick anything. It's all yeah, safe and family yeah. friendly, so you don't have to be looking over their shoulder while they do it. And and they do have a section that's like come follow me and come follow me for kids and like all that stuff is put together, and I think that for some reason that monster truck cartoon was in that section, mm-hmm. but don't lie. Listen, there's a there's a principle there. There's a principle there. Uh, I'm trying to think if there is anything that uh, that I should share. Sort of, and we do this opening thing. Uh, I do have an email that I'm going to share here in a second, but before I do that, uh, we are in full fledging defacing my new home uh do you do you feel a level of of pain destroying this house that was such a part of your childhood no nope i i've been able to detach the sort of memory as far as that goes because most of the memory uh catching people up i bought my grandparents house that'll be my new home sold my home and uh and it, it, no, no sort of pain as far as that goes. Most of the memories that I have at my grandparents' house was like in the yard and the field that is adjacent. And so that has actually been pretty Yeah, I fun. wouldn't let you in my house either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, my, so my, grand, my grandparents had six kids. So I have five aunts and uncles and then my dad. And they all had lots of kids. So they, they very quickly were like, we're not doing kids in the house kind of thing. Like we would do kids in the house at Christmas while we were all super young. And then once we started to get a little older, like they rented out the church a year in advance to make sure that we wouldn't go and ruin, you know, their home at Christmas time. Um, but completely leveling and taking out walls, uh, completely just, you know, essentially gutting, wouldn't even describe what's going on with this house. Uh, that I'll be moving into, and I shared to uh, folks that are uh, the Patreon saints of the Cultural Hall, I shared a little sneaky peek to what the uh, the new studio, home studio is going to look like, where we'll record the Cultural Hall from. It's now just a pile of wood pieces on the floor and paneling missing from the walls. But people really love the pink drapes. But still nicer than the Airbnb closet that I'm in. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 uh, yeah, so it's a lot of work The the renovation won't be likely complete until about, uh, Valentine's day, which if you're thinking, wow, that seems like a long way away. Yes, it does. And yes, it is. And yes, it will take that long. But right now it's just sort of the fun demo stuff, knocking out walls and things. Are you doing all the work yourself on no. there? Are you, no, uh, no, 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 no. Cause I was going to say, you, if you are, you probably might want to. Be flexible with that. St. Patrick's Day is nice too, and yeah, <laughs> and and what about spring break? And how about Memorial Day? Yeah, why not? Yeah, no. Uh, there's a lot of it that I can do myself, and then a lot that I'm saying this will be a lot safer and better and well done, etc. If you wouldn't mind coming and doing this thing, uh, you gentlemen and gentlewoman, and they say you bet. So there, it's pretty cool though. 
It's got how you can provide money and people come and give you goods and services. Right, right, right. Uh, it the one thing that I will say, and I'll start. I'll share some pictures. Obviously, first to the Patreon group. Uh, the the south and southeast part of my house, the new house, complete windows. So almost like a, 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 a an entirety of a sunroom in the whole like southeast corner of my house. Super bright. Super. Is that opening. where you're going to put the Moroni? Uh yes, so it faces east. Yes, of course. Except uh you don't you have know, to. Except I think it's actually gonna have to be a, a Christus now because uh oh, of, right. of our of our changes as far as that yeah, goes. The new logo, got yeah, it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. new still? It, technically I think new up to two years, is that so I think we're okay. I'll double check and get back to you. I've got an email real quick that I want to share. This came in. Uh, to contact at theculturalhall.com. So we have to give a shout-out and a thanks uh, to the folks at Utah Taste Off that sponsor our email. Uh, you can check out Utah Taste Off. I know that their big thing for this week is the uh, the BYU Tasty Goodies versus the Utah Tasty Goodies, as it is, in fact, Holy Week this week in the state of Utah. Uh, Ryan Snar emails and says, Just wanted to reach out and tell you how touching... Kyle's last episode was. It was so sad, yet so happy. It was a beautiful and incredibly special send-off. I'm glad that I had the chance to hear it. And that is from Ryan. He's referring, obviously, to uh, episode 545, where Kyle let us all know that he uh, is, in fact, diagnosed with uh, ALS and that he, uh, yeah, he, he, I watched a video of him last night uh, in his Kyle Fierro, the name of his car. He's got an old Pontiac Fierro where he's he's driving and it in sweet Kyle form, he's like, "Well, I'm driving because I don't think I'm going to be able to drive much much longer because my hands can't shift the car and when you have a car that you have to shift, your hands need to be able to shift that. Anyway, I'm dying from ALS." That's what his <laughs> the the message from his video was and i just was like there he is that that's that is Kyle to a T so uh yeah episode 545 if you haven't done the had the chance to listen to it and i know several people i li- i read a comment uh yesterday on instagram uh where you can follow us at the cultural hall where someone said they had to work up to the episode they saw that it had come in they knew it was coming so they sat out in their backyard in a hammock and just sort of laughed and cried and and all the things with it. So uh, to everyone who has shared their remarks about it, um, thank you to those who haven't listened. I encourage you to listen. It is a hard listen, but to go back and listen to it. And a a huge shout-out to um, several folks. I don't think we mentioned it within the 545 episode. Uh, Several folks that are panelists with the Cultural Hall uh, put money together to help pay uh, for the videographer, uh, at Brother Kyle's wedding. Um, so a huge shout-out to that. And then a special shout-out to um, Lindsay Ertz. Throw your hands up in the Ertz, uh, one of the panelists. She worked with her day job and actually did a story about um, Brother Kyle and everything with his Iron Man and ALS and all that stuff. I'm working to get the audio so that we can share that with everyone. But uh, that was actually the thing that made me cry. When we recorded the episode 545, I didn't cry. It was sad. I felt it, but I didn't, I, you know, I was sort of okay. And then I listened to the recap, and they actually used audio from the cultural hall. And I went, oh, oh, this is, this is real, and sat in a heap in my car and cried. So uh, thanks a lot, Aunt Lindsay. Throw your hands up in the airts. Let's take a break and come back and do actual articles of news. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Are you experiencing panic attacks, nausea, or diarrhea? Is your computer not turning on? Is it running super slow? Is your internet crawling? Or is it just randomly crashing? You could be suffering from ICS, Irritable Computer Syndrome. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you had your PC cleaned? Over time, Windows, updates, spyware, malware, and dangerous viruses will make your computer run like crap. You need to bring in your laptop or desktop PC, no matter what brand it is, and let me run a 100% free virus scan, malware, and spyware scan on your computer. 
Don't wait and risk losing everything. Now, why are we doing this for free? Because we want to impress you so much that if you or any of your friends or family need a computer, service, or phone repair, you come to PC Laptops first. Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. A busy full summer from Best DJ in Utah. Go to bestdjinutah.com. Why, that is me, Richie T, and I would love to be able to play music at your upcoming wedding, or maybe you're having a company party, or maybe you're thinking already for the holiday party. Whatever it is that's on your schedule, you should get the number one highest rated DJ for the state of Utah. Now, I know you're thinking, I don't even live in Utah, Richie. Would you ever do an event in Washington State? Oh, I've already done that before. Would you ever do an event in California? Been there too. How about Louisiana? Uh Uh-huh. Texas? Yes point is, uh, you know, you you throw shekels my way, I'll come to wherever you're at. We could even combine it and make it an episode of the Cultural Hall. Mind blown. If you are in need of a DJ at all or someone in your family is getting married, would like to be able to talk to me, I would love to be able to talk to them. It's bestdjinutah.com. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, this is the time that we do those actual Articles of News, so hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. All right, so these first few stories, uh, and there there wasn't a whole ton. There's still a, a lot being talked about Elder Holland's talk, and maybe we'll get into that because we haven't really weighed in here in the Cultural Hall. Uh, there's a little bit about vaccination, certainly. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that maybe a little bit later. Uh, the first part here is temples right? and uh, some news around temples of the church, like this one, for example. Uh, the Casper, Wyoming temple uh, will be breaking ground on the 9th of October. Uh, it'll be a 10,000 square feet uh, temple, 9.5 acre site. President Nelson uh, announced it just early this year, and Elder Gifford Nielsen uh, will be the one that presides at the event. Uh, it will be invitation by groundbreaking only. So uh, great for the saints up there in Wyoming. I would to say this about that too. I, I know that we shouldn't, or maybe we don't, talk about those who we think are going to be apostles next. But uh, high on my list of being the next apostle is S. Gifford Nielsen. The, uh, the sports reporter from Houston? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I'm telling you, he so he was uh, Eskifer Nelson. Also played on BYU football when the whole thing with uh, with um, uh, Wyoming, right? I think it was Wyoming, the Wyoming, um, the University of Wyoming football team, and they wouldn't play against BYU. Uh, Eskifer Nelson was one of the football players for BYU uh, before the ban was lifted. And I'm telling you, I, listen, if I can speculate, and I can, uh, why not? He he is a front runner for me for an, one of the apostles. Interesting. I, usually we don't start taking bets until we've lost one. Are we doing yeah. bets on that as well? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, no. Uh, people it get a, people get a there little. It is an older group, so that it's happening. People get people feel like we get a little morbid when we start doing that. Although, uh, and I uh, I think it's. Uh, Zelfadad's daughter or Zelf's daughter or something. There's a, a website that has and takes into consideration like the um, statistics, the statistical the age. Tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like what's fascinating. So, like the likelihood of a of a president Bednar of the church is like Which sixty. Is high. Yeah, is like sixty seven percent. Uh, and then, like, uh, the possibility of an Elder Oaks is another high one. But then you look at some of the other ones and where they fall in succession and, and look right. at their likelihood. And, and and that's not how it works, necessarily. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it is interesting to see those things where it's like, oh, yeah, th- some of this does kind of fall down to statistics. 
and this is what the statistics look like. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you're talking about replacing someone there, I think probably a lot of people are probably with me when I say it'd be really great to have an international feel. Sure. To continue that, but, you know, that's not who makes the call. No, it's so, not. It's Zalefa Dad's Daughters is, Zalefa Had's Daughters is the name of the, the site. And I'm actually, uh, I just found it. And uh, let me see if I can, let me see if it, this is a couple years old now, so maybe there will be a new one uh, soon. But, uh, yeah, some of the comments as I'm kind of flipping through this are people that are like, this, I can't believe, oh, why would you do this? This is, oh. because it's uncomfortable. It feels uncomfortable. It's just, a, it's just like the life insurance actuarial tables, right? You just yeah. run the numbers against people. It's, right, it's right. cold and emotion-free. But but I think that people want to feel like they're like that they're that there feels like uh, what that there's more um, like inspiration to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just you know, well, this person you know existed longer. Right. Uh, no, yeah. I think it'd be interesting to. I don't know, and perhaps for another time we could go dive into this a little more to look at some of their their tables from the past to see. Yeah. You know, 15 years ago, what were they? Uh, what were they saying the odds of a President Nelson were? I mean, so we're yeah, that's interesting. That's a good point. So, so in order to get a President Uchtdorf, which is possible, um, we are he uh, he is sixth in line uh, to be the president of the church. Uh, it beyond uh, president who would then be President Uchtdorf, it would have to be President Gong, who is. Let's see, one, two, three, hold on, going to count seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. He is 14th uh, in line, and then Elder Suarez is 15th. So, so you look for that international feel, that's, that's kind of where that goes. Uh, speaking, speaking of Elder Gong, uh, the Winnipeg Manitoba Temple is going to be dedicated. Um, following a year-long delay because of COVID-19, the First Presidency announced new dates. It's going to be dedicated on Halloween. Uh, they can do that in Canada because Halloween isn't the same in Canada as it is here in the United States. Insert all jokes about baptism for the dead here. Uh, all dedicated. It's going to be the best trunk or treat ever. <laughs> Elder Garrett W. Gong of the Quorum of the Twelve is going to preside at the dedication, uh, which will take place in three sessions. Uh, 8 a.m. Oh, I'm sorry. Four sessions. 8 a.m., 10 a.m., noon, and 2 p.m. On the thirty-first of October, and then does that mean Halloween's on Sunday this year? Yes, it seems. Let me double check, uh, but that seems to me to be the yes, it is. Uh, and then finally, the church has announced uh, that they they are changing the name of the temple. It is not the Eugene, Oregon temple, as was sort of announced. Uh, it will be the third temple in the state of Oregon. Uh, this new one, it's they're gonna roll off the tongue as well. No, it follows off. <laughs> it follows the Medford, Oregon Temple, the Portland, Oregon Temple. It will be called the Willamette Valley, Oregon Temple. It's gonna serve the thirty thousand Latter Day Saints. A groundbreaking date will be announced in the future. But instead of calling it the Eugene, Oregon Temple, they are calling it the Willamette Valley Temple. And they haven't announced a location yet. Uh, I think they probably, let me see. No, I would, I would guess that it's not in Eugene. Yeah, no, it's, it's in the Willamette Valley, <laughs> Russ. Uh, now you had a story cause you're down in, uh, in Arkansas and you said, Hey, I'll, I'll join you for some articles of news. So you actually had a story, uh, breaking today, breaking. It, it, it's, it's in the paper today in Bentonville, which isn't where I am. But it's Arkansas, which is more where you are than I am. Right. Yeah, in the uh, Arkansas Democrat has a, has a story about um, really the article talks about um, our faith traditions, how we, we we instill the idea of service in children, in our children. And it talks, it, you know, right from the jump, it talks about, you know, young people serving missions and, you know, you know, some stereotypical stuff in there like you'd expect in a, a newspaper article. But then it really goes on like, well, how do we get missionaries how do you how do you get a 20 something year old to have that kind of dedication of service and it talks about how you know like they do it by teaching their kids to do service and they 
children are a big, uh, big part of doing service in the church. And they're, they're doing a big, a big push in that area of Northwestern Arkansas to uh, get ready for the uh, anniversary of September 11th. Mm. So they've got, they've got a bunch of just serve things happening and they have, you know, hundreds of youth working on little craft project craft kits that they're donating to the uh, children's hospital there in that part of Arkansas. And so it's a, it's an interesting little article about, you know, that the, having worked in news, like I can tell that the, the pitch was like, Hey, for nine 11, we're going to do this thing. But like the, the article really came out to be more of a, what the church, how the church teaches service in children and how that's being used to help the community and how, they're encouraging the community to get involved with Just Serve and jump on justserve.org and sign up for some opportunities to serve because that's what Christians do. Now, you sort of bring up a, a, a side tangent to that uh, with the, the uh, anniversary of 9-11 uh, coming up this weekend. You you and I, although I don't think we lived together at the time that that happened, we were in proximity of each other. Of 9-11? Mm-hmm. On 9-11, I was in my mission. I'm a summer birthday. I wasn't back yet. Interesting. I thought, yeah, because yeah, I was back in college. I thought that you were back with me. Uh, I didn't come back until the uh, fo- the following semester. I was still in Texas on my mission. So, so what was that like then, serving as a missionary during nine eleven? Um, it was strange. Um, I, I do you want the the story? I yeah, yeah, please. It, it'll take me a second. But uh, all right, I'm a I'm a weird news guy, right? I always have been a news person. And in that area, there was a phone number. Now, children, before the internet was the thing, Mm -hmm. you used to call a phone number. Like, I could call a number that a bank provided. Like, you used to call to get the time and temperature. Right. The time is 9.32. I would call this number and punch in a code, and it was all listed in the phone book, and it would give me the headlines. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and, and it was my weird little vice habit that I did that was like, was it against the rules? I don't know. It just being in, anything about being calling informed. the news hotline on your mission. So yeah. I'd call every morning. So like I'd get up, get out of the shower, and I'd call it. And they, it was it was after the first plane hit, before the second plane hit was when I called. So they had that. There was a plane crash in New York, the World Trade Center, and and I was like, wow, that's weird, and didn't think much of it because you know a, a couple of weeks earlier I'd seen a, a story about a powered paraglider thing getting hung up on the Statue of Liberty. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, there's weird air stuff happening in New York. But uh, so like, that's weird. And then just about 930 when the uh, when we were about to walk out the door, I got a call from the mission president's uh, assistants. And they were like, we need to you need to get a hold of all the missionaries in your zone because we're not having transfers because the following day was supposed to be transfer day. We're getting new missionaries. In them. And so transfers aren't happening you need to you need to get a hold of them and let them know because we had new missionaries coming in and old missionaries going out mm-hmm. and so i was like is this because of the weird plane crash in new york and the guy on the phone was just like i don't know just call your missionary <laughs> which was which seemed weird but yeah, right so like again i didn't know what was going on at this point and so so we start trying to call missionaries and they'd already started going out for the day and we didn't have cell phones and so it took a while before we were able to get a track down all the missionaries that were affected by transfers and you know once we finished that it was essentially lunchtime and, and so um i went to the one place that i knew had a tv that we could see what was going on which was a cc's pizza a mm-hmm. pizza buffet mm-hmm. which was at the time three dollars for all you can eat pizza <laughs> <laughs> it was a missionary staple sure <laughs> so I think it's six bucks now, but it's, yeah. it's still just inflation. Terrible. Am I right? Who's with me? Yeah. So we went to CC's and like, just, I don't even remember eating, but mm-hmm. we just it sat and watched for that. And then we went to a member's house and just sat and watched it on TV. And then it was weird. Like our, our, the, the days after were weird. Um, six or eight missionaries came out with me when I came out and the transfer cycle changed in the middle of my arrival. And so my mission president gave us the option of you can go home three weeks early or you can stay three weeks late. Mm-hmm. And so I was the only person that chose to stay three weeks late. And so all the rest of the people that came out with me were set to go home mm-hmm. on that day. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to fly home on September 12th. But so there was like, you know, that transfer stuff. They, they still went to the mission home and we were, 
I saw all those guys and then they ended up staying in the mission home for a week working in the temple because they just never knew when the airports were going to open. Right. Lots of parents came and drove and picked their kids up. Wow. That happened. Um, the one of the weirder things for me was our apartment was located right in the flight path of the Houston airport. So at any given moment on any given day, there was 15 planes you could see just lined up to come land. Hmm. And it was weird when there weren't planes. Hmm. And then it was really weird when there were planes again. I don't know. It was, I mean, it's, it's weird when you're, you're, you're supposed to be doing missionary work, right. Going into talking to people. But when the air has been sucked out of the world, I guess from like what had happened, it was just, was just a weird time of what do you even do? Where do you go from here? Yeah. You know, in a couple of weeks it was back to normal. And then I got on the plane and came home. But the one funny thing when we came home is we were waiting at the, the gate for the, the, our plane to come to take us back to Utah and the new missionaries got off the plane and they're like, Oh, we're, we didn't think you guys would be here. We thought you, you couldn't come to the gate. Cause that's when all that changed about going to the gates. Uh-huh. And we were like, yeah, we're leaving. <laughs> Sorry. <dude. laughs> they were like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. now we're here. Cause we're taking that plane and going back to where you just came back. from. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. But no, it was a, it was an interesting time. And like, I feel like I had a bunch of really weird political conversations with my companion at the time about like, you know, safety and the government's roles and things. And it was just a strange, hmm. Hmm. strange yeah. uh, I, I'm intrigued. I have not yet seen it. I've seen a bunch about it, but a uh, previous guest of the culture hall, Jane Clayson Johnson uh, was sort of narrator to uh, a big production that the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square has put together for the commemoration of 9-11. I mean, looking forward to that. Um, there are some other things, too. Just harrowing. I saw a, a trailer for something that comes out this week, and this is unchurch-related, but certainly, you know, we're, we're maybe taking it from the scope that we're all brothers and sisters, but there is um, there is some video from inside the towers that will be shared in a commemorative thing that's happening this weekend. And I had never considered that everything that I had seen was from outside of the towers. And, you know, this is, I guess, the first time that this stuff will be released. And some of that is very like, make sure you're listening because, or make sure you're watching because this is the first time that it's ever, you know, this kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, and I, I, this is, I'm sorry, I didn't obviously know we were going this way. Uh-huh. But, like one of my all-time favorite news article facts i say related to the church is and i can't remember now if it was time magazine or newsweek but the issue that is dated either september 10th or september 11th of 2001 Mm -hmm. has a big article about the church in it and inside the magazine is the plan of salvation almost exactly like i would have drawn it out as a missionary with you know circles and lines and like and, you know, obviously like the published date on a magazine isn't, isn't the one that's like, they're done week before because they have to publish it and get it out to, on the newsstands. Right. And I always just thought that was such an amazing thing that at that time, there was a magazine that was, went out to the world that had the clear plan of salvation in it laid out in an article at what a time. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate so, that. I appreciate you sharing. So yeah, there, there's. I'm sorry, I don't remember if it was Time or Newsweek, but it's one of them. Uh, maybe maybe someone listening, uh, if they're part of the cultural hall back row, uh, that Facebook group where we all sort of get nerdy, maybe someone will find and research Pull the PDF and, of that article and, out. And well, yeah, share, no, the, and share it's that. Fascinating how the plan of salvation is laid out in that article. Uh, at a time, so many people would, would gain comfort from that. Lots of people talking about uh, the BYU football right now. Uh, a couple stories about it. One, uh, Kalani, Kalani Sataki, the head coach, uh, they extended his contract, uh, so that's exciting. Um, the second part is, I, I thought this was sort of interesting, there are 86 return missionaries that play uh, for the BYU football team. They collectively speak 12 different languages. Also, there are 25 full-time missionaries who are out actually serving right now. Um, and, and there was a, a great sort of duh article and I always love these but an article that was like find out what Kalani Sataki thinks about the church's mission program and it's like I'm betting he likes it I'm betting he's a proponent you know like 
I, I can't imagine that he would be there if he was like, nah, what a ridiculous thing that that is. Can I get my two years back? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but then also, um, and nothing completely confirmed, though, sort of suspiciously sort of not confirmed, but confirmed, but not confirmed, uh, that BYU may be finding themselves uh, back into a conference. Uh, this is for the sporting events. Um, Big 12 is where they'll. it's sounding like they're going to land uh, with the addition of... Uh, University of Central Florida, uh, Houston, Cincinnati, and one other one I can't think of right now. But it would be nice if there were twelve teams in the Big Twelve. But but I think that this makes it have fourteen teams in the Big Twelve. Well, or, I know they just. I mean they they've had ten for a long time. Right. And I don't know. They're, professional college sports. Yeah. <laughs> Professional college sports. So uh, that's exciting, though. At the recording of this, it's not completely confirmed, though several sites have said, well, yeah, it's basically this. It's basically going to happen. Um, I've only got... I know a lot of people in Texas are, are really, you know, because Texas is kind of leading the destruction of the current Big 12. And so... Yeah, been, Texas is out to go be part of the SEC, right? Right. And so it's it's a lot of discussion like originally those conferences were really t that conference that became the big 12 like started out texas centric and then it was a lot of those the old, the old big 12 was a big a big plus for it was that you know you could theoretically drive to any one of the games you mm -hmm. could go to the away games but then like, those days are over for college sports and conferences they're all over the country if anyone's wondering what it really matters money that's what really matters with these conferences that's why it's a big deal. That's why teams want to be as part of these different conferences. If I can just boil it down into one simple thing, it's money and uh, and and the connections that come through that. Is that cynical? Would, no, no. I mean, and and money and the the opportunity to play for a championship probably doesn't exist out of the power conferences. Oh, I don't know. We could have done it last year if we would have been beaten Coastal Carolina. We would have been there. Uh, yep. And, and that's that's the, the truth. If you can't beat Coastal Carolina, you can't be the champion. <laughs> uh, Elder Dean <laughs> M. Davies, uh, the church released this the past Wednesday, uh, passed away. He's uh, of the 70. He had had a battle with cancer. Um, he was 69 years old. Uh, he survived by his wife, Darla, their five children and 17 grandchildren. He was called to be a general authority, 70, in October 2020. Uh, before that, he was a counselor in the presiding bishopric, uh, and as a second counselor, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, in the presiding bishopric for eight years, he was a second counselor and then also a first counselor within that. Served as a mission president as well, um, but sounds like a, a, a pretty epic battle with cancer and then uh, eventually sort of succumbed to the disease. Uh, other news stories that came out this week. Um, or recently, I should say, we haven't reported on the fact that there is the Office of Belonging at uh, Brigham Young University. The office's creation follows a report from BYU's Committee on Race, Equity, and Belonging that was finished in February. The new office will focus on helping campus members achieve the community of belonging in a newly created statement on belonging. The office will focus primarily on coordinating and enhancing belonging services and efforts on campuses. Uh, Worthen, that is Kevin Worthen, that is the president of BYU, emphasized that the Office of Belonging will not only be core to BYU's efforts to root out racism, but also to combat prejudice of any kind, including that based on race, ethnicity, nationality, tribe, gender, age, disability, socioeconomic status, religious belief, and sexual orientation. And so that, obviously, that came on the same day as Elder Holland's talk to to grab our... Uh, our muskets. And, and the reason why I haven't talked anything about that is one, because we haven't had a lot of news that we've shared here in the cultural hall since then. And two, I haven't listened to the talk uh, about it. No, I haven't yet. Have you I've listened to it? And, yeah, I listened to it. And what, and we being from sort of, sort of a news guy perspective, what did you think? Um, I've gone in circles over it, right? Like, I mean, the initial backlash I felt like was a little blown out of proportion. Um, obviously I, I have, a, I think it's a, I think if he would have said something instead of saying, take up muskets or, you know, have theoretical muskets, if he would have said, you know, we need to wield the sword of truth. I think people would have been just as upset because of the idea of 
you know, that violent imagery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's caused me to reflect a lot about a lot of the violent imagery we use in the church. Sure. And the, like, the battle hymns and the, you know, we're God's army and all of that stuff. Like, is that really the, is that really the best way to, to present ourselves now in the the current climate in we are in the world? And I mean, I didn't feel like, I, I, I really don't know. I saw a couple of headlines that were like, it was crushingly cruel, the talk. And I didn't feel that at all. Right. But I think it's made me wonder a lot about when, when, a, when you take a little piece of something out of context and then that's offensive to you and that's not wrong that it's offensive to you. Like, but then you blow that up, but then offends lots of people that miss the context. I just like it, it, it felt like there was a lot of, a lot of harm done that I don't, I think probably elder Holland is probably pretty upset about what came out of his talk. I don't think that what, what was taken was what his intention was. And how many people are there like me though, who, you know, are very, very aware of the headlines, but haven't taken that opportunity to be able to, to read about it. Right. And then someone may ask me my opinion and, and I, I certainly could weigh in based on what I feel like other people have said about it, but not having the opportunity to take it for myself. I I I don't feel like that's responsible. I mean, but yeah, the, the idea of, and then even, even in the whole world of context, like listening to the context of the whole speech, but the intended audience of the speech, like there's a lot to it, but I mean, like, yeah, regardless of what was intended, there was obviously hurt caused by it. And that I, I don't, I don't think that, I think that's something we, as a people should learn from and you know it's not our place to diminish people's you know feelings about that it's it's definitely a tough thing and I, I think for me the the problem was we've we've felt like or at least I, I know a lot of people in the church myself included have been anxious for the brethren to come out and say I, I was going to say denounce but that's not the right word I want to use to be more forceful in the way they talk about that, the whole Desnap movement, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, and what better guy to do that than someone who speaks with so much love of the savior, like Elder Holland. He's like the purpose, perfect one. He's the one that I would have chosen to be like the one who would, who would give this speech that would be like, you know, that, that rhetoric that we hear from people who espouse some of those views isn't in harmony with the gospel. That's the person I would have thought would do it. Right. But instead we got a talk about muskets that almost seemed like a Desnap meme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that to me was like kind of amplified the hurt more. I was like, I thought we were we were moving away from this stuff and not double downing on it. And I did read one one uh, string of comments that I don't believe, but that uh, I I thought was an interesting that it was almost conspiratorial in nature. Was that like that talk was given? because of the heat that the brethren had taken from their vaccine stand. Mm. And so it was like the, Oh no, we've, we've angered the conservative side of the church. We need to, we need to throw them some red meat. And and I don't think that's how that things work at all, but I thought it was interesting that people would, would, would think that that was possible. But Uh, the the other thing that I thought that I thought was sort of interesting about that is within the speech. And this is again, just in a secondhand telling of it, uh, but recognizing that they are that the mission of the of BYU and of the church is more toward um, more toward teaching the principles and less towards accreditations and stuff like that. And so, in a very real world application, like there are a lot of these, um, like the law school at BYU is accredited um, by a certain organization. The sociology and therapy you know, sort of tracks and degrees that you can get out of BYU have to be uh, accredited by these particular organizations for you to work in them. And and that they said, well, if they don't, if they don't give us their accreditation, it's more important that we do this than have their accreditation. And so that, that is, that is a question mark, I think, to some who would pursue those fields and want to go to BYU. But uh, I mean, I mean, realizing that the speech was again, aimed at faculty and staff largely, like the part that I thought was like Ooh, that, that, I wasn't expecting that from from Elder Holland. Was there was a, a little bit of a hint of like, look, President Nelson, he decides your funding and everything, whether from the the truck that's used for the motor, motor pool to 
you know, new positions, that all is approved by the first presidency and be on our team. Like right. that 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 part of it seemed like, oh, that's seemed a little a little more uh adversarial than I was expecting. Uh, let's lighten it up a little bit, shall we? You love the Killers. I love the Killers. Have you listened to any of Pressure Machine, the new album? Um, I've heard a couple of those tracks on the satellite radio. Uh-huh. Um, my wife was a member of their fan club for a while, which did you know their name? No, what is it? The Victims. The Killers and the Victims. No, I didn't know that. That's that's interesting. Is it no longer called that or is she just I don't no know if remember? It, it, I don't know if it still is or if it's, uh, if it's still the name of it, but it was for a while. That's but uh, she had a, a victim's shirt with that same killer spot, which is uh, his quote. I was born right here in Zion. God's own son is where everyone goes. Hey, it's about us. It's about the church. Uh, there's apparently several things woven within the album Pressure Machine, uh, where Brandon Flowers talks about his uh, upbringing in a rural Latter-day Saint community. Uh, and people are having the national <laughs> conversation about it. Yeah. Things like this. The. uh I still like his little I'm a Mormon video mm-hmm. where he's teaching primary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been uh, on an episode of the Cultural Hall, uh, although it was brief. We talked about uh, naming his son. I think it's Ammon is one of his sons, a very, uh, a very um, Mormony name. And I, you know, I ask him what about that? And he's like, it's a good name. It's a great name. What am I going to name a kid? It's a good name. Uh, you can find that uh, in the backlog of the cultural hall uh other quick story too do you ever watch the trash tv i i have i have seven five kids i almost said i had seven kids yeah (laughs) feels like it Uh, i don't don't, when do i have time to watch anything 90 day fiance the other way season three uh there is a a gentleman of the church uh that uh, his name is steven and he, so the way that 90 Day Fiance the other way works, as if let me make sure I get this right. I think when it's the regular way, what happens is, is that the people that these, these folks meet online, they come here to the United States, and then they, they have 90 days to essentially get married. When it goes the other way, I think uh, he has the opportunity, Stephen in this case, to go to Russia, which is where his, this girl that he likes is from. And so he's there. Uh, he mentions... Um, that that at first she was against the church because in Russia, I guess it, it a lot of folks feel like it's a cult or some sort of secret organization. Um, but she has apparently started meeting with the missionaries. But Stephen, this season, in the most recent episode, alluded to the fact that, well, he maybe hasn't lived up to the entirety of his church's standards. He doesn't say beyond that what that means. Um, but he says, I haven't been 100% transparent, and I need to, I need to, as she's learning about the church, uh, make sure that I am uh, transparent in the things that, that I believe in, the things that I have done. And the Internet, as you can maybe assume, Russ, has had a heyday trying to think, okay, well, what would he be worried about telling her that he has well, not the, yet the told guesses, her? I'm guessing, range from uh, his Dr. Pepper habit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so uh, it's funny because um, there was he one. Didn't meet sparingly. Yeah, there was one thread on Reddit that's like, well, we know it's not tithing because, you know, that that would be although a standard maybe he hadn't adhered to. I he's probably not worried about saying that he hadn't paid tithing, um, but anything from porn to, uh, you know, maybe um, you know premarital sex or any sort of thing, they're thinking it's it's far more likely. Uh, you know, some some sort of sexual transgression. But it's funny the way that other people saw that thread and then did exactly what you started doing, which was, did he have meat in the time that wasn't winter? Did he, you know, did he take the sacrament with the left hand instead of the right hand? He wore a blue shirt to church. Oh, well, that's how you that's how you know. And here, when you said when you said 90 day fiance, I thought we were still talking about BYU. Hey, oh, <laughs> Uh, the Caldor Fire, uh, it's why here in the state of Utah we can't breathe. Uh, that and along with the Dixie Fire still continues to burn in California. Uh, thousands of members of the church affected by this. Uh, and also an old historic Mormon battalion site. Um, this is 
uh, uh, along the Carson Pass Highway. It's a stop along Highway 88. Uh, the site was originally marked by a memorial carved in a tree. Today it has a bronze plaque that was put up there by the Daughters of the Utah Pioneers, and it is being threatened um, by the Caldor Fire. Also, speaking of fires, this story was very odd. I'm not sure if you saw this or not, um, but a 36-year-old man is in custody after police say that he set fire to multiple LDS churches before leading authorities on a high-speed chase where he crashed his car in Zion National Park. Do you know about this? Oh, yeah. yeah I've, I've, read, I've read those articles. I'm anxious. To, I don't and maybe it's out now, but I hadn't seen it yet. The, the dash cam video of the chase. Oh, was no, I, I haven't seen it yet either. Uh, and, and maybe it's not that good because it happened at night. But uh, that's probably I always right. enjoy a good police chase video. Yeah, you just get the two red lights in the back and then you, it all of a sudden crashes and the car wasn't mm-hmm. pointed the right way to be able to get it. But uh, yeah, I, fire. Mm-hmm. I, I guess a uh, couple churches fires on the inside. Then the third church, he lit the tree on fire. Uh, the outside, his name is Benjamin James Johnson, though when speaking to police officers, he said, my name is Joshua, call me Joshua. Uh, officers tried to stop his vehicle and then he fled, uh, which people who may not know kind of geography of southern Utah, St. George to Zion, it, it's like 45 minutes. It's, yeah, a, it's a drive. It, it's a big, long uh you know, chase that they gave. And I love when people say they gave chase. Um, I thought it was interesting too, how they, how they caught him too, how they, the chase began, you know, they had, they had two fires at churches and then they were like, well, shoot, we got something going on. We should go check out the look around and see what's going on at other churches. And an officer pulled up and saw the, his van and uh, then a dude run out of the building and get into it and drive off. And the chase began. I thought that was it, Good police work. It, yeah, it's a, it's unfortunate because I think that there is definitely mental illness as part of this. Um, St. George police say that Johnson kept calling himself Joshua, uh, said that he was some type of deity, um, that the three churches were set on fire as part of, quote, righteous anger, according to arresting documents. Um, he also spat on the detectives and damaged some property in the interview room. So uh, remains to be seen. More details to come out of that. And as you mentioned, things like the, uh, you know, the uh, dash cam along other things. So, so there's that. I only have a couple more stories. Um, one is af- out of Afghanistan. Now that the United States has completely pulled out um, the the church's welfare department trying to support um, those Afghan refugees as best they can. Uh, a big plane full of uh, items uh, delivered to the Rammstein Air Base in uh, Germany, which I was trying to think of a Duhas joke that I could work in here, um, but but haven't. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I was trying to I was trying to just in my head make Duhas, but like use the lyrics from a primary song, but my head just doesn't work. Do do works. Do works for people. I don't know. That's rough. Not great. Uh, The Latter-day Saints Charities, the humanitarian arm of the church has distributed baby items, diapers, formula, toys, personal hygiene materials, clothing, jackets, and shoes to more than 5,000 Afghans that are being sheltered in Germany. So I was was pleased to know that. And then uh, maybe we end the news uh, on this. You remember a couple weeks ago when David Archuleta came out on Instagram? Right. Uh, uh, thousands and thousands of people um, shared uh, that post. We talked about it here in the cultural hall. Uh, lots of people offering his support. And he has gone on to say further about that. And this is what he said. Well, we'll kind of end out the episode here. It says, I thought, okay, this is going to get to be a bigger deal, talking about sharing that he was coming out online. He says, maybe I'll get like 30,000 or 40,000 likes, if that, because, I, well, I know this is a controversial topic, and I know that a lot of people have assumed things about me and tried to label me in the past, but he says it exploded. I didn't realize all the media outlets were going to talk about it, but the way that they did, it was so very respectful. Maybe he shouldn't have been caught so off guard by the response, however, considering Archuleta said the choice to open up about this sexuality started with a direct message from God, which had my ears perked, so I want to know more. Uh, Archuleta, who is a devout Mormon, struggled to reconcile his faith and his sexuality, so he turned to prayer for guidance. He says, I kind of went through a a faith crisis for a month when I was in the process of breaking up with this girl I was in a relationship with, 
but I felt so disconnected from everything. My anxiety had gotten so bad. I was like, I don't even remember how it feels to be close to God or even have feelings for anybody. I don't even know how I feel about myself right now, he recounted. It was ultimately through prayer that Archuleta said that he got his answer, that it was time to stop hiding his truth from the public. Now, this is a quote from him. Quote, when I had that prayer, God just said, David, you know I trust you, right? I want you to post about what you're going through right now. And it was so, and it was just so clear what I needed to say. I knew exactly what I needed to say, but I feel uncomfortable saying it because I like to keep to myself, especially with this kind of stuff. But I just knew that I had to, he said. Uh, as for Archuleta's dating life now, he's, that he's finally out, he says he's taking it slowly. This singer shared with NBC News that he's getting to know some guys as well as working on new music, hoping to get back on the road and tour again and embrace his new role as an LGBTQ rights active advocate. So I, I, I thought that was uh, uh, a fascinating sort of peek behind to know, you know, and I have no reason. And I this is how I shared this when I shared it on uh, the Cultural Hall's Facebook page, which if you're not following us, you should. Like, I, I have no reason to think that God didn't tell him to do it. And... And I, and and I when, you, when you started to say like you know a direct message from God, I was like, how come I don't get DMs from? <laughs> and then I was like, but that's really what we want, right? We right. want people to. I want I want to get clear direction and know what to do, and yeah, I'm grateful when people have those opportunities to to share and to expand our knowledge. Well, but but I know that there are some people that are uncomfortable with it, right? Not necessarily uncomfortable with his sexuality because there are, are lots of LGBTQ plus folks around. Um, although I think some people just take issue with that for some reason. I, and I don't know. I don't know why we just take issue with that. Um, but, but additionally, I, I, like, I, th- I think that that's great that God would want him to share that message. And then it makes me think, well, what should I learn from the fact that God wanted him to share that message. And then I take it another step further and I go, okay, well, like you said, am I getting my own direct messages from God? And how can I further that and have that experience for myself? I think that that's part of it. But but then secondarily, like knowing that what started the process for him, it, it's fascinating to know if he continues to adhere to what he feel like God directs him to do and then continues to to be an advocate and and we're able to see that like if if those points run counter to the church like there's a little bit of dissonance I think for folks where they go okay well how you know he he believes in the same God that I do and this is what he's decided to do and I think some people wave it off and go ah oh, well he's he's fallen he you know, he succumbed to the temptations and it's et cetera, right? And, there, and we can sort of discount it that way. But if it isn't, if that isn't the case, how do we, how do we take that dissonance and be able to go, oh, oh okay, different? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if he uh, performs at Temple Square anymore with the, the choir and other groups of yeah, yeah, how that happens. And 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 I, I obviously don't know his personal life, and sure. I I've oftentimes wondered. Like me as a youth, right? As I, I, I was girls in high school, there were things that you can and can't do on dates sure. with girls that were like, don't affect anything. That's just it's part of what life is. You just, I mean, I, I kissed a girl on a date, you know, like that thing. But, and like, that's not a sin. Mm-hmm. But is it a sin if, if it's homosexual? And then that, I mean, because you're not, you're not violent, the law, it, it gets muddy and confusing. And like, where does the line and, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. And I think it's, it's the back to that elder Holland thing. It's the, it's the, the biggest question I think facing the church is how do we react yeah. Yeah. in this, this time? And what does that mean? And, and, you know, it, it can be a wedge for people, but it can be also a great bridge. So. Yeah. And I, yeah, to echo some of what you said, I think certainly one of the ways that we, can show love is by showing love, which seems really simple, but like to be like, oh, I can't believe is probably not the way to go about uh, how Christ would have dealt with stuff. 
That's yeah. that's sort of my takeaway, right? Like maybe maybe I don't understand it. Maybe I am, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what all that means and, you know, all of those things, right? Or maybe I think that things should be different or or any of that stuff. But I, I, I feel like a really good, safe response is to just love people regardless uh, of, of what they do, as you would hope that they would love you regardless of what you do and just be there for them and love them and, and don't be a jerk. Right. Just to show love. I mean, I think, I think we've seen this, the behavior model effectively in our church. Yeah. Like we've seen uh, like the example of uh, Elder Christofferson's parents and mm-hmm. his brother, like the, the love that was always shown there for decades. Like it's not, it's not hard to love people. Right. Well, I don't know. I think it is sometimes, but that just because it is hard to love people doesn't mean that you shouldn't try and do hard things. Well, that got serious. We hope that yeah. this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Yeah. Bless the refreshments, Richie. Let's get out of here. We hope that you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, uh, Brother Brent, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chake, Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. Uh, don't forget, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Cultural I'll, Hall. I'll, I'll, I'll train you, Russ. We'll get you. We'll get you. Oh, man. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat On the back row, we really gotta go On the Culture Hall Show